This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Kate Daly Show. I'm talking a little bit about America at its roots and taking that from old letters, old um, old books, old records that talked about the struggle for many to come over to this country. Um, and we're talking about the white guy, too, because we've been up against this very, very harsh, you know, white privilege thing. And I, I, all, all of us are going, white what? Um, because all along the way, uh, throughout our, our history, um, even before we became a country, um, everybody has struggled. Everybody has struggled to um, to achieve, to to search for freedom, to have all of those the things that we have, and and nobody's immune to that. And I think all of us sort of look at it that way. It's like, well, we're all here. We're all trying. We at least have this aspect of, of America still that is this this promise. This is why people are still clamoring to come here. But right now they're trying to paint our history and our books and everything a totally different way. And I really wanted to strike at the core of that. That's why I talked about uh, slavery in the beginning, how it was there were many Quakers and, and Quaker congregations that actually set up the Underground Railroad um, with with uh, side by side with free blacks and free um, and, and those that had, had already escaped. It took the effort of all of those people to make that happen. Um, it wasn't solely about uh, about just black people devising that. People worked hand in hand, and they have for centuries. There have been people, but there's also been also, of course, um, when you get into language or when you get into sort of the, you know, assimilation, if you will. And, and what did this mean to become American? Because they still had, you know, slurs in the form of Swensky jokes and, you know, with lisping accents for the Europeans and the stereotype of that stoic, slightly thick-headed Nordic, you know, and, and, and all of these things. And then also you had the people that were unable to speak um, unaccented English when they came over. And I'm talking about more, of, more or less the 1800s at this point, because when they came over, they were still dealing with all of these things. Everybody deals with these things, right? And and uh, certainly the, it was worth coming here because of what we of what this country could offer people that no uh, that no oppressive government in another country could offer, and that was the idea of America. But what we're turning it into today is just it boggles my mind that we have youth that are believing it. And I hope youth are listening to this program today to kind of get an understanding of what this was like. Um, and and so you had people that would cry because they couldn't, um, you know, they really wanted their kids to understand English. They really wanted to assimilate. They didn't quite know how to do it. It took a couple of generations. And 
they wanted to put their European ties away and desperately become what was known as American. This got pushed a lot towards the First World War when people uh, were becoming, they, you know, they had the push for patriotism, the push to, to make sure that you were not a hyphenated American, as Roosevelt said. You were not a hyphenated American because they, they wanted to make sure an American was just an American. Um, and so um, they also wanted uh, to make sure that socialism was this uh, that, that people understood that the baggage that they were coming over to this country with was their old ideology and how it was affecting them in this country, because it truly was. And so many immigrants, especially the Europeans, were arriving at the turn of the century with this allegiance to what they called the Social Democratic Party. And they felt oppressed. Um, You know, uh, they had felt oppressed, and that's why they came, but it was hard to rid themselves of this. This is why when we go through a vetting process in America and why open borders are not such a great idea is because... When you when you come here, you want people to understand what they are now becoming a part of and to shed the socialism that they have just come from. Um, Now we have the we have a party here that and and also on the right, too. I can't I can't exclude them. People are really wanting to push this whole idea of bigger and and more government um, to become more oppressive. And that's on both sides of the aisle, folks. So Um, uh, so. So the you still had a very, very small percentage wanting to become part of the socialist and communist parties that were that were here, which was unfortunate. But there was a huge push to say to people, leave your socialist baggage at the door when you get to America. And like I said, when the First World War uh, broke out, there was this uh, um, they they actually uh, many Europeans thought that the war was morally wrong, that it was an imperial competition between capitalists for world markets, and uh, and they really had strong feelings about that. They were also not okay with the uh, uh, Treaty of Versailles. They actually opposed it. Um, Swedes and Finns tended to be pro-German, and from the days of Peter the Great, Swedes had feared Russia, and Finland had the uneasy position of that buffer state between the two countries, and Finns hoped for freedom from Russia, supporting a victorious Germany. And so uh, from the viewpoint of their native histories, the Swedes and the Finns could believe that Russia was fighting for democracy or the rights of the smaller nations, but they also, the Swedish language press often was very critical of United States foreign policy. You had a lot of this going back and forth and I don't think I don't know if people realized how hard it was for people coming over here uh, that didn't shed their their native uh, history and, and language and so forth but trying to become an American was difficult they still had strong ideas about about foreign policy about about the um, entanglements with these other countries that they had been having to endure and be exposed to so um, there was also you know of course the the um, uh, freed from this sort of union of, of church and state uh, as they came to America to find that religious freedom, um, tensions were developing too in religious circles and you had different factions and you had um, a lot of people that had to work through a lot of different issues when it came to allowing that because in theory it was a great idea until you got here and you realized that along with freedom comes that responsibility too and also becomes uh, a measure of let people uh, you know, be who they are, let people seek after what they want to seek after. And so that's really important, too. There was a tense, tense atmosphere of, about the war and suspicion of things, um, uh, political manipulations and 
um, how people felt about this. But yes, Roosevelt came out in and and talked about no hyphenated Americans. You know, prove your loyalty. You know, the Viking Bakery Company on the on the West Coast was offering Uncle Sam's victory bread, and I mean all kinds of things that you can imagine that they were um, sort of being prodded into into making sure that they would prove their loyalty to this country. And so we could do a whole show on that alone. But I really just I I wanted to talk about their, you know, of course, the Treaty of Versailles horrified a a lot of people over here at the time that had just come from that. And and through just a few generations still remembered uh, the history and were very bothered. The Finns had won their independence uh, from during the Bolshevik uh, uh, Revolution. And so uh, Sweden's vulnerability, you know, to Finland and, and their opposition to that war, uh, and they were faced with this become 100% Americanism. And there was a patriotic sort of hysteria that actually sort of went away because of the distraction and the worries of the uh, Great uh, Depression. But nuclear family was at the core. There was, uh, you know, there was just a, a, a great idea about family. In fact, um, you know, women um, at the time actually had a lot more opportunity opportunity than your feminists of today will tell you. <laughs> I mean, your feminists of today will act like you know they were the slave of the of the century, and they and they were not actually. They had a lot of opportunities. They formed a lot of um, societies. Um, they uh, had the ladies' societies, had all kinds of societies which served pur- spiritual purposes, and also, uh, regardless of social class, anyone was was welcome to go uh, to that. And then it was the mother, really, in in the 1800s, who kind of sought to to make sure that that kids were exposed to spiritual life. And so, if only one parent was going, it was usually the mom, and the mom was there uh, with the children to make sure that they were raised in an environment where they were getting these value systems. And that was very, very important to them. And that was at the core of of our American history. Um, and you had young people societies where they were visiting the sick and and they were um, very invested in volunteering to help each other. And ice cream socials and, and, and things like this were very, very important at the time. And so uh, you had hostilities between church people and socialists. Boy, nothing's changed. <laughs> Right? Am I right? Um, the churches in Portland were really concerned uh, in Portland and all across the United States with spiritual needs and health and education, and that was their primary concern. And, and check this out. Uh, many of the hospitals across the United States were financed by churches. The hospitals were financed by churches. And uh, and the, the projects were so successful that the reverends sometimes took out options on, on the property, and then they would put together a board of directors because it was successful. And then, um, in fact, at, at one hospital on the West Coast, surgery was on the second floor. And so the reverend and the, the people in the congregation would actually carry the patients up to surgery. But that's how that was covered. And schools, schools were actually... They came by way of donations from businesses. The businesses paid for the schools, not the government. That's a really important factor in this, that a lot of people don't realize how we solved problems back in the day and that this actually worked. Um, in fact, there were businesses poning up thousands of dollars and uh, for a college, for a school. They made sure and just donated the money without that uh, heavy, heavy influence or control. That came in the 1900s when it, become, when it became very um, 
you know, governmentalized. <laughs> so looking back and, and, and looking at our, um, our history and understanding what America's all about, when people came here, that freedom was so important that everything else I've mentioned all the other things they went through, you know, the, the slurs or the, or the different uh, problems between all the different companies and their various lang- or, or countries and their various language and assimilating was secondary to the main reason that we even came. And the main reason we came was for freedom. Regardless of color or origin or country, you were here because of a specific reason. And that was opportunity to work and become who you were going to become which we have an obvious history of 240 years later. So it was that. It was religious freedom to worship without being told that you had to pay for a certain religion or show up on Sunday to a certain religious sect. Those were the two things. Those were the two reasons they came. And they came in boatloads. And they came over because they wanted to experience something different for their families. And we all get that. And this is why we have a vetting process too, so we can leave the socialist baggage behind and come here and understand what it is to be an American. I feel like many that that barge the border, many that, that just come over, never even take the opportunity to understand why the country was an opportunity. Why is this country so important? It was just, to them, it was just the dollar signs or you can get a better job here. But why was that? This is what we miss in talking to our youth. The reason that capitalism, the free market, was freed up to work here, to absolutely create that opportunity, is what uh, they come over. And this is what the founders had a problem with, was that we wouldn't be able to see that, that we wouldn't shore that up and protect it. We are not a racist nation. We are a nation of a lot of people coming together for a long period of time that knew what this was about, that recognized the gift, and that wanted a better life. There's nothing wrong with vetting, and there's nothing wrong with borders, and I hope that we remain that sovereign nation to be able to have this gift. Because once we aren't anymore, once we don't have that anymore, we cease to be America. We just cease to be it. And then where do we go? Because this gave a lot of people a lot of hope for a long time. Because we could, they could come here and they still do. But if we don't have America, then what do we have? We don't have anything. There's no other place to go. I leave you with this today on a Friday and hope that we have a better understanding of our history, a better understanding of the struggle of, of what it was like to come here. Our history that has been skewed A lot of people came together to construct this nation and to make changes in this nation that became, obviously, in a very quick way, so important to all of us. Let's not forget that. Everybody have a great weekend. Be faithful. Be fearless. See you back here on Monday. And uh, I appreciate your time today. It's fun kind of going in the Wayback Machine. Everybody have a great one. (laughs) 